Here we go. Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. She tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. Send your questions, your comments, and especially your voice memos to Nassim. This show is best when you get involved. All her contact info is on her website at terriblesexwithnassim.com. Hey, Nassim. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are recording bright and early this Thursday morning, and I just got off of a 12-hour shift at the hospital. I fell asleep on the bus home. (laughs) Almost missed my stop. But here we are. Here we are. And it's going to be a good show. It is. I'm glad you made it home. Uh, I'm glad that you're awake and I'm glad you're putting forth so much effort just to meet with me today. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. We'll see just how awake I stay throughout the next hour. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's funny. So I just have to share this really gross story from last night. (laughs) Yes, please do. So I was... I had a guy who had to do a bowel prep, like prepping for a colonoscopy overnight. You know, they drink the stuff and they shit a bunch. Yeah. Right? Well, it worked a little too well. And so there was like explosive diarrhea in this guy's bed, right? And it like splattered on, it splattered on my scrub pants. So I had to get hospital pants, right? Hospital scrubs. Yeah. And these things are not like... It's not, that it's not that they're poor quality. It's just that they're thin. They're very thin. They're very comfortable, but they're thin. And in certain lights, they're kind of see-through. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I forgot that the underwear I'm wearing today is a pair that my dear friend Casey, shout out to Casey. Uh, hey, Casey. <laughs> she got me this underwear as a funny gift. And it's got a picture of Baphomet (laughs) on on the front. (laughs) And on the back, in bright red letters, it says, Menstruating with Satan. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pretty sure that for like three quarters of my shift, while I'm wearing these paper-thin hospital scrub pants... I'm walking around the hospital with menstruating with Satan, like, shining through. Well, if I was in a hospital bed and you came to care for me, and I saw that as you walked out, I would feel so much better about my situation. <laughs> that I don't is know. fucking hilarious. Yeah, so that's how my night is going. Well, I guess morning is going. Um. Yeah, so, and today's going to be a great day because I'm recording with you, and then in a couple hours at 2 o'clock, I will be recording um, with another podcast, uh, Kimbology. Awesome. Yes, very excited. We met her at the um, Chicago Podcast Day. Yes, shout out to Chicago Podcast Day. That was Uh, awesome. It was so good. Um, Learned so much. 
and made some great contacts and people who I think will become friends in the future. Yes, that um, was uh, all put together by the great James Van Osdell of the CarCon Carne podcast. Exactly. And so I'm going to be hanging out with uh, Kim this afternoon, and we're going to talk about basically sex drugs and rock and roll um and meditation and wellness and it'll be a good time and you oh should my check god out. three of those five things are my favorite <laughs> we will um yeah so check it out i don't know when her episode airs but uh i'll definitely plug it uh check her out kimbology uh and we're gonna link to that in the show notes we will link to that in the show notes how are you dan man we've had a great week. What seems like the end to uh, uh, an awful lot of work. Um, we uh, yeah, we put our house on the market this past weekend. Nope, it just went on yesterday officially. So, so you're going to sell it like with a cash offer tomorrow is what you're uh, telling we, me. We might. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> We've got a pretty high number in mind. And if we don't hit the number, we're going to keep it. Um, and we really don't want to move. But if somebody offers us all the money, we're going to take all the money. And it's going to be great. And if they don't, it's going to work out just fine because it's a wonderful house. So no worries either way. Well, congratulations either way. Hey, thanks. All my projects are done. Uh, so, or as the done as they're going to be. The reno is as complete as it will be. Congratulations. Let's drink to that. I yeah, have water. I have some coffee. So cheers I really and I'll take it. Would love some coffee, but. Why don't you go get some coffee? It's too much work, man. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Okay. So on to the meat and potatoes of this episode, I guess, as they call it, right? Yeah. What's what's going on with your meats and potatoes? <laughs> well, there was so much meats. So <laughs> stupid. Um, remember how I had a threesome once? We talked about it, right? Uh, you told me you had a threesome twice. I actually had a threesome thrice. Whoa. But yeah, um, this one had to do with, this was two guys. Was this the high five one? This was one of the high five ones, yes. <laughs> nice. But I'm going to like zero in on a very particular moment. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of backstory. So, back it up. Back it up. As you know, I am married. To the lovely Jar. Big shout out to Jar. Big shout out to Jar. You're the boss, man. So we... um, Is that part of your dynamic? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Uh, (laughs) Quick segue. There was this one time when he was cooking dinner and I'm sitting at the dining room table and he... He comes over to me with, I think he was making chili or something. And he comes over to me with a spoon and he puts the spoon in front of my face because he wants me to try whatever he made. He puts a spoon in front of my face and he says, Open your mouth. And for whatever fucking reason, I responded with, Yes, daddy. Oh, <laughs> like that is not, it felt bad. I felt bad. He felt bad. It was, that is not part of our dynamic at all. Neither of us liked it. And I'm like, I'm never, I'm sorry. I'm never doing that again. So let this be a lesson to you. 
Um, discuss your honorifics beforehand when you're negotiating a dynamic. Honorifics are not something you just throw out there. Well, I like um, that you, you you took a chance, you tried it, and then you both realized that's not the one. It was gross. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, with him, that is not my dynamic with him. That's just... Anyway, that's no, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we, I, I was seeing someone, and this person and Jar actually got along really well, and so we had decided that we were gonna like have a what we called a game night because we. We would play board games and stuff, sure. too. Yeah. And after games, other kinds of activities took place. <laughs> so, that sounds like a great time for everybody. It was a great time for everybody. I love board games. Board games are great. Um, I don't remember what we played. Um, because well, how could not, I remember? It's not a board game podcast. <laughs> it's not a board game podcast. Um, so... We make our ways to the bedroom, and it was one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to stay the night, but are we going to fool around? I don't know. Maybe we will. That was kind of what I was planning. Um, I listen. It, there, I, there has I, been I, no sexual activity with, with this buddy before? Oh, there has been, just not with him and my husband. Oh, that's right, because time. you're already seeing this guy. Yeah, I'm already seeing this guy. Is this guy. the first game night you you three have had together? No, this would have been number two. Okay, so first this, game night, you guys got together and just played games and somebody went home. No. <laughs> first game night, we got together and he was, I think he was too, because we had been drinking, I think he was like, it was late and he didn't want to drive home because it was too late and he had, you know, had a few beers. And then we just like, all three of us piled onto our bed and then... You know, <laughs> a threesome okay. happened. So the three of you have had a threesome before. Yes, we had, had a th- we had had a threesome before. This is threesome night. number two for this thruple. Well, we're not a thruple. <laughs> that's what we're building up to. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, we go to the bedroom. We are, I mean, we're fooling around, but there's there's lots of three way making out. There's hands everywhere uh and so jar lays on the bed and i go down on him and our friend is behind me now doggy style is not something that i'm very good at (laughs) i'm gonna put that right out there i think think we've discussed that before yeah like there's something like anatomically with me that it's very challenging. I don't know if it's because like my butt's too big or my, as I discussed before, my thighs are too long. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but <laughs> it's a struggle. And which was really tragic because I really love the idea of doggy style. Okay. Like there'll be times where I'll just like get on my, on all fours on the bed and I'll just like rock back and forth, like, come on and give it to me. But there's like, <laughs> can't, can't happen so it sucks um but anyway so i was on the bed i go down on him and then our friend is behind me and he uh attempts doggy style and is successful it's All like right. working out it's All working right. out 
We're having a great time. But our friend is a bit, um, <laughs> he gets very excited <laughs> and he gets a bit rough. He's kind of like a jackhammer, <laughs> which I don't know if you've ever been in the middle, like the middle participant of the Eiffel Tower, uh-huh. like the, the rung of the ladder, if you will. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I believe that. So, because you're getting stimulation from one area, but then you also have to concentrate on the person who's in front of you, who you're focusing on. So it's very easy to get distracted. And especially because like, if you're really enjoying yourself. I've had conversations with you before. You're a distractible individual. I'm very distracted. (laughs) So, I am just getting railed from behind, and poor Jar, (laughs) he's like almost getting a little bit ignored because I'm so, I'm having such a hard time like focusing because, and also like the way like our bodies are angled on top of each other, it's not... It's not as easy as it looks like it is in porn. Right. Right. So, nothing in is as easy as it looks in porn. No, not at all. I mean, in porn, like everybody's like angled perfectly and no one looks like they're going to like have a cramp. And- yeah. And everybody who gets a dishwasher fixed ends up having wonderful consensual sex. Yeah. That's never happened to me. It's never happened to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I realized that, you know, maybe I should be paying more attention to, you know, my husband who's like, and it's not like I was like ignoring him, but like I was, my mouth wasn't on him. Like it, I wanted it to be like, I had this image in my mind of just getting like filled from every hole. Right. So I start to suck his dick again. And the, f- there's like one thrust from behind that was a little much (laughs) and i'm sorry dan this may be painful for you but i bit jar's dick oh jar (laughs) i felt so bad he's like ow (laughs) i bit him because of the force of the thrusting is there any blood no blood i didn't bite I mean, I can't say I didn't bite that hard. You didn't bite hard enough to break the skin in I this didn't, instance. I didn't bite hard enough to break the skin. I broke hard enough for us to disentangle for a moment <laughs> and take a take a water break. We took a break. Um, that sounds totally appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. So no, no skin was broken. No. Uh, Nothing was bent. Nothing Nothing was bitten off. I didn't Lorena bobbit him or anything like that. Um, but uh, I, I felt really bad. <laughs> I believe it. Especially because, like, you know, this is my husband. This is, like, the person who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. This is the person who has, you know, been so open about my 
you know, my sexuality and like polyamory. And, you know, he's not the one who's railing me in this moment. There's it's another guy. <laughs> and I just felt so guilty. I'm like, oh, you got the short end of the stick, buddy. <laughs> but it all worked out in the end. Well, a water break. Everybody gets back in the game. And then there were high fives after that, right? Oh, yeah. There were definitely high fives. So, okay. Okay. Night yeah. wasn't ruined. Oh, they were so broy about it. <laughs> oh, they bro, is so- your dick all right? Oh, bro, my dick just got bit. Oh, bro. <laughs> well, it wasn't just that, but like, it was <laughs> at one point, <laughs> I think Jar looked at him and was like, all right, let's fuck this bitch. <laughs> just like, all right. We're doing the that's that's how we're doing it, okay. <laughs> so it was very uh it it was super it's funny because I, I expected it to be like in my mind's eye, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be like the center of attention and I'm gonna have like this like the middle of this man sandwich and it's gonna be like so like awesome and it's gonna be all about me. No. No. When you get two dudes in the room, they like try to not one up each other, but they definitely get like kind of it's like it's like being in a locker room in a way. Like these I guys can totally see that. They get a little like and Jar is the least broy person you'll ever meet in your life. He got a little broy and I was like, I don't know if I should be offended or more turned on right now. <laughs> it's like it was it was pretty funny it was pretty hysterical uh but also i i felt bad because i almost bit his dick off (laughs) well overall it sounds like game night was a nice time for everyone game night was a nice time for everyone and i really enjoyed uh post game night so like the next morning we were like sitting around the table drinking coffee and I made I made the boys breakfast. Oh God! When I talk about it, it sounds so <laughs> some kind of way. But um, I, you know, I made breakfast. We drank coffee, and we're sitting around the kitchen table, and just sort of talking about how the night's events panned out, and sure. and debriefing was so interesting and it's so important to me because i i love to hear feedback and to hear what another person's experience was right because the only experience i have is my own it's all i know is how i perceived the engagement but to hear someone else's perspective is like really eye opening to me and i can learn a lot from that and uh to hear you know, our friend say that he enjoyed watching the chemistry between Jar and I, and then Jar getting off on the things that, you know, our friend could, could provide me that, you know, he doesn't provide me or can't provide me. And just seeing my euphoria over the whole thing made both of them super jazzed. And it actually, I think, made them closer friends in a weird way. Sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think that the debriefing to me is, it's not as good as the actual sexual experience, of course, but it's definitely something I always look forward to. Yeah. 
I would, I think that I would be the same way. That sounds totally enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So that's my story today. I love that story. I have one follow-up question. Absolutely. So are there any pro tips that you have now that you could share for anyone who's getting railed and has a dick in their mouth? What's the best way to prevent biting said dick? Oh man, I <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a pro, Dan, in that in that regard. I've only had two threesomes with two men. Right. Um, More than I, I have. <laughs> I would say uh remember to breathe first of all. Good. Um and I would like also just communicate prior like about um it was just because, I mean, you don't want to take like the spiciness away out of it, but I, I, I'm kind of a bit of a planner and I like to think about what could happen. And so if we could talk about, hey, like, it's going to be really hard for me to focus on the person I'm giving head to. Um, it would be okay if like maybe we take turns, like a few thrusts from behind and then I'll suck you off. like. Um, maybe do some back and forth motion. Um, also, uh, timing is a big part of it. I would let let yourself relax. Like if you're in the middle, let yourself re- relax and don't force don't force yourself forward. I guess because the motion from the person fucking you from behind is going to propel onto the dick in front of you. So in some ways, it's like the two guys are fucking each other. (laughs) So you are like a vessel for that. And so don't fight the motion. This is probably my biggest piece of advice. Don't fight the momentum that's coming from behind you. And like try to like bob your head on your own just like let the momentum from the uh from the fucking like lead into the blowjob. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. It's like throwing a party at your parents' house. Like eventually you just have to like <laughs> not worry about the carpet and enjoy the ride. Like you can't control it once once it's in motion. So roll yeah. with the motion. You just gotta roll with the motion and uh and frankly, like I think the guy who's receiving the blowjob is actually going to really enjoy it because they are used to because guys are used to um how do I say this? They're used to a certain tempo that's going to get them off, right? Right. And so if there's another guy who's providing an adequate tempo, it's going to be pleasurable for the other guy. I think all of this sounds pretty fun for everybody. It's a great time. Yeah. Well, good. It's it's good. a it's a lot of fun. Try it out, everybody. Try it out consensually. Hopefully, there are people who will be interested. And, and I'm sure. And there if there's will not, be. go find other people. Yeah, there you go. There's always somebody who's interested in like some uh, group fun. A, a threesome bro down. A threesome bro down. <laughs> uh. This is not related, kind of related. So Jar called me yesterday and he told me that he found like some 
like he found some like decorations for our house back home and they're like gold pineapples that he was like gonna i don't know what they are i think they're like hooks that you like hang in the bathroom but they're like pineapples yeah i don't know and i told him i said you know the pineapple is the symbol for hospitality the upside down pineapple is the symbol for swingers is that true yeah (laughs) so if you have upside down pineapples in your home it's like a signal to other people that you might be interested in swinging like people who don't know aren't going to notice but people who do know are going to know well looks like that's verified by (laughs) menshealth.com also he said that pink flamingos in the front yard are another sign that you're a swinger i don't know if that's true um yeah, an upside-down pineapple worn on clothing or jewelry, pushed around in a shopping cart, etc., is a subtle sign that someone is a swinger or looking for a swinger party. There you go. That's right out of it... menshealth.com, guys. That's that's <laughs> a Fact. factual, hard, hard-hitting news organization that wouldn't steer us wrong. We got a question a while back about how to get invited to a sex party. Just put an upside down pineapple in your cart the next time you go to the grocery store. Yeah, flip a pineapple over. <laughs> That'll get you invited. <laughs> I'm going to do that all the time and see what comes of it. <laughs> That's a great experiment. We should do that. <laughs> I'm thinking of the most outrageous ways that I could put an upside down pineapple on a shopping cart while I'm doing the rest of my shopping. <laughs> like I'm going to I'm going to get some some uh some wire and wrap it around my pineapple and strap it right to the front of my cart all upside down oh you're not even gonna be you're not even gonna be subtle about it no not at all oh okay (laughs) (laughs) might as well just put a sign up that says hi i'm a swinger (laughs) right looking for swinger invites (laughs) good god we should, uh, man. That's the idea for uh, for our, for our first uh, terrible sex with Nassim T-shirt. It's just a straight up upside down pineapple on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad idea at all. Oh no, it- man, that needs to be like in an updated logo with all the all the all, all the fruits on your logo and the vegetable dicks and stuff. We should have had some the- kind of upside down pineapple. Oh, maybe. Maybe we can um, send it back to the designers. We're gonna we're gonna have to get this updated. Hilarious. Hi, Nassim. I think I have a specific fetish, but I'm not sure, and requires a little clarification because searching only brings up premature ejaculation fetish. For a few years, I have been consuming material relating to death and near death and sex. I don't like this, and it isn't my own death and sex. I find this prospect very unappealing, and in the past, at the suggestion of it. I've chattered my teeth in panic. I come extremely quickly from this, but I don't know if this is because of a genuine fetish or because of my anxiety or stress from the subject. With that background, my question is, do you climax very quickly from your fetishes? And does this actually indicate a fetish? Did you say premature death or approaching death? Like, is there a necrophilia thing happening right now? Relating to death and near death in sex. So basically, the dude comes really fast when he thinks about death or near death during sex, but he doesn't like it and he finds it disturbing. Mm. 
So is it a mm. fetish? What's going on? And he doesn't like it. This is where I'm going to call upon my good friend, the sex therapist, to maybe unpack some things. Um, to more broadly answer the question, I would say that, so a fetish is something that is required in order for you to have an orgasm. So uh, whether or not it's quick, I mean, that depends on the person, but um, I think that if if you're coming in other circumstances, like if you're having orgasms without this experience, it's not necessarily a fetish. More kink territory. More kink territory. Um, and then also, so the erotic pleasure center part of our brain is very closely tied to the fear center of our brain. So it actually makes God, a lot of fucked up animals. We are very <laughs> fucked up animals. There's um I'm going to screw up the quote, but there's a line from the show The Good Place where it says scared is the best way to be horny. And that's actually kind of true. Like and I think that kind of leads into kinks and fetishes um in general because the things that scare us also excite us um there's a reason why like like torture porn exists there's a reason why there's something about gothic horror that is also very beautiful and erotic to a lot of people in a lot of people's minds like there are things that are spooky that are also sexy and it's because fear and lust are bound in our brains. Um, and so that's very interesting. Uh, but I, if it's something that's really upsetting you, and I can imagine why it would be upsetting to you, um, I mean, you can either explore it, lean into it, and figure it out. Or talk to somebody, talk to a professional counselor, and um, figure out what's going on. If if it's if it's a concern, if it's not a concern for some people, because I know that um, there are specific kinks and fetishes that do revolve around death. Or I mean, look at autoerotic asphyxiation. You know, sure. people choke themselves out and have unfortunately accidentally killed themselves in the process of reaching orgasm. So uh it's it's a it's a dicey thing. It's a dangerous one. It's not one I'm completely confident talking about um because I don't know enough about that particular avenue of fetishism and kink. Um so I'll have to do some research. But uh, if if you're worried about it, talk to a sex therapist. I think that's wonderful advice. And the only thing I would add to that, too, is just because you think about it doesn't mean you're going to do it. Your thoughts are not your actions. So it doesn't make you a bad person just because you think about that. Sure. I think to some degree we all have 
certain thoughts that we are ashamed of um, and thoughts that we would never act on. But some thoughts are intrusive and uh, it's, it's what defines us is what we do with those thoughts. Hey, Nassim, does time of day affect men's ejaculation? So my question has to do with a guy I recently hooked up with. I went down on him around 11 p.m. and he finished in about 10 minutes inside my mouth. The next morning, however, we decided to have sex and he lasted maybe 15 seconds and it was so fast I couldn't believe it. Do some guys tend to get off quicker in the morning? Does this mean he really liked having sex with me? It was also our very first time having intercourse together. I, I don't think that there's like a a one size fit all answer for this. Um, does circadian rhythm have a play? Do hormones have a play? Yes. Um, are some people just hornier in the morning? Yes. Um, I, I think it, it there is there are variables in my experience. Most guys are going to have an easier time coming in the morning but that's also because they like just woke up their senses are maybe not as um they're not they're not thinking about the day's events you know like they're not as they're not tired you know they're more their bodies are more maybe ready to to ejaculate to um to orgasm and morning wood's a thing and morning wood is a thing Absolutely. Maybe this dude woke uh, up two hours before you and just laid there with a boner thinking about how hot you looked naked. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be the, the dream? Wouldn't that be the biggest compliment ever? Yeah, um, it would. That would but, be very nice. Yeah, but I think, but it's not like all guys. I don't think it's a, a situation where all guys have like a time clock all that. Right. Everybody's body is different. Also, you know, one was a blowjob. One was intercourse. Different times of day. If you really want to get to the bottom of this, and I think you should want to get to the bottom of this, you're going to need a much larger sample size. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Get back with this dude. Fuck him all sorts of places, all sorts of ways. Do some experimenting. Yeah. Write it down. Make a chart. Do some science. Do some science. Yeah. <laughs> I like your hypothesis. Now go test it. Send me the results. We'll peer review it. Yes. That was peer review, not pee review. Absolutely not. <laughs> not for me. For some people, sure. Water sports are a thing, but not in my world. But this seems not being judgy. I'm not being judgy. I know. I'm just saying it's not for me. You do you, boo. Hey, Nassim. What types of things should I do before having sex for the first time? I fingered myself before with one finger, but going in with the second finger is so painful. I was thinking of getting a sex toy, so I use. Get, I was thinking of getting a sex toy, so I get used to the sensation. What would you recommend as an appropriate sex toy for this? Oh my gosh! There. Okay. So. Oh man, there's so many options. Um. I think it's a. Gr I think it's great ma that you're masturbating prior to sex. I think that's like the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, fingers are great, but uh, yeah, they're not going to give you, um, I guess a realistic kind of, uh, experience. Like it's not going to really prep you so much for, um, 
I'm assuming a penis. And so sex toys, you're going to want to start pretty small. Um, They have like, they have dildos of all different sizes, shapes and sizes. If you're new to the game, I, oh my gosh, I can't think of any brand or model specifically right now. I'll do some research and post it to the show notes, but um, you're going to want something that is tiny and that will get you used to the idea of something um, going in and out of you. I recommend something that is flexible, like silicone based. Um, Don't get something that's like metal or glass or anything like that. That's going to be very rigid. you're going to see a lot of very exciting and like fancy gadgets when you go to a sex shop or look online. Like, you know, the rabbit is very popular. People always talk about the rabbit. That is always like an, talking about the rabbit. Yeah. That's like an advanced or intermediate to advanced level sex toy. Um, Cause there's a lot going on there. Also, in addition to a dildo, I would recommend a vibrator as well, because a vibrator is going to um, stimulate the the clitoris. It's going to um, get uh, everything uh, nice and wet, nice and engorged. It's going to make your um, it's going to make you ready to receive um, an object, whether that be your fingers, whether that be a sex toy, whether that be a dick if that's what you're going for. Um, so really work yourself up. Don't just go straight in with your, with your hand or a sex toy or something. You're going to want to do foreplay on yourself. Um, and that way you also know what works for you when you do have a partner. Um, because, they're not going to know your body as well as you know your body. So do your research, do your practice, figure out what's going to turn you on the most and make you more able to receive penetration. Um, so that's my biggest advice. I will look up some like beginner toys uh, and put them up on the site for y'all to peruse. Um, but definitely start small. Hi, Nassim. I'm a 40-year-old male. I've had some medical issues and have become impotent as a result. I was wondering if I should let my wife, who's also 40, have other sexual partners as I feel guilty of robbing her of her sex life. What should I do? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, Is she interested in having sex with anybody else? I mean, that's the number one thing. You may feel guilty about your you know, you may feel guilty about being impotent, but if it's something that she doesn't want to pursue with anyone else, you can't force that issue. You know, um, that's gotta be something that she's going to come to, um, on her own. I think it's great that you're considering it. Um, I think it's, you know, a very kind and loving thing to do. Um, but it's not right for everybody. It was right for me in my marriage and my relationship, but it's 
not, it doesn't work for everyone. Um, because whether you like it or not, there may be some negative feelings that you don't anticipate now, but may pop up if you were to have sex with other men. Now, just because you're impotent or you have erectile dysfunction, it's not, it's not necessarily the end for you um, sexually. There are other things you can do to A, please your, please your partner that don't involve your penis. Um, there are things you can do that, um, I don't know what your medical history is, but there, you know, there are medications, um, if that's an option for you. There are penile implants, if that's an option for you. You can discuss that with your physician. Penile implants do come with, um, a fair amount of, um, complications. Uh, they can anyway. So again, something to discuss with your doctor. Um, but if those options aren't available to you and she seeking out other partners is not going to be an option for you, it sounds like you may want to consider things that don't involve your penis. So, um, using toys in the bedroom, um, using, um, your hands, using your mouth, experimenting with different types of, um, really just different types of sex toys, um, to please her. Um, and you can, you know, pick things out together. It's a great opportunity for you to, to actually like experiment. Um, but uh, I think that you can have the conversation. I think it's a good idea to have the conversation about her seeking other partners um, so she can be fulfilled sexually. But it's not always the answer for couples. And you have to be aware of that. You have to be very conscious of how it could negatively affect your relationship. If you've been monogamous this entire time, I don't know how long you've been married, but if it's been a while and you've been devoutly monogamous and now suddenly you're going to open things up, you really need to examine yourself and your relationship and whether she's going to be interested in it um, because it is a scary thing to do. I can say from firsthand experience, it is a very scary thing to do. Well, and it that's not something that you want to do out of duress. Right? Exactly. So don't let don't let your dick hold you hostage. Just take it out of the equation and see how that goes. Like that's a big jump from like I can't get an erection right now to like fuck other people. I'm sending my wife out to go fuck other people because she, I have robbed her of her sex life. And you don't let your dick hold you hostage, man. You haven't robbed her of her sex life because your sex life get in there. Your sex life involves more than just your dick. Right. Get yourself a toolkit. Find out what things work for. Her. You know, go down on her, play with toys, do all sorts of stuff. Don't let your lack of an erection hold you and your relationship hostage and make you do things that you don't necessarily want to do. Right. Because this sounds like kind of a last resort option. Totally. It's not something that I would recommend people just jump into if 
if the idea of her banging other dudes turns you on and you want to bring that dynamic into the relationship, what a great time to talk about that. But if you're doing this because you think that you have robbed her of all joy because your dick isn't hard right now, I think that there are other options that you could jump into. That will be less emotionally trying. Totally. Like, there's some baby steps here, man. Mm-hmm. Go go down on your wife more. Start with that. <laughs> I think that's advice that can be given to everyone. Go- right. No matter what condition your dick is currently in, to anybody listening that has a dick, go down on your partner more. There you go. Heard it here first. <laughs> oh, he's laughing. This one's fun. Yeah, yeah. Dear Nassim, is there a term for this? What's it called during a threesome when one girl's giving head and the other starts jerking the guy off into her mouth? I n- wait. <laughs> so it's two girls, one guy. That's that's what I would. There's clearly a penis, and someone referred to as the guy. So I assume that that's a male. I'm trying to picture it. So one girl is giving head, and the other. So I assume the other girl, but I don't think it has to be in this case. The other person. The other starts, right. Starts jerking the penis off into her mouth. All right. So there's one gal on her knees blowing a dude and another partner, presumably a gal that grabs the base of that dude's shaft, starts jerking her off while the other girl's mouth is still on there. I don't know that there's a term for that. Do there you? probably is, but I don't know what it is. I'm going to look that up. I love it. Urban Dictionary, that shit. I'm going to yeah. find out. Like, there's there's the old rusty trombone, which is totally different, but I feel like this is like the buddy trombone or something. The buddy trombone? <laughs> the bass trombone? I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. That's I'll, a great question. I, yeah. I'll have to have my people talk to your people. I'll figure it out. Well, if anybody's got anything better than buddy trombone, by all means... Write to us. Yes. Please let us know and educate me. Because, you know, it's funny. A lot of the slang terms, I don't know. Which is surprising. But I don't know a lot of, like, the common vernacular for certain things. Well, you need to spend more time on the internet. I I sure don't. (laughs) What a great time to leave it. Perfect. On the old buddy trombone. I know so many trombone players too, like actual ones. Ooh, nice. So let's get them on. They, let's get them on may, the show. Maybe they know. Yeah, ask them. <laughs> hey, what's it called when you're playing your trombone and then your buddy comes over and starts moving the shaft on the trombone <laughs> for you? But oh, you're still got your lips on the trombone. What's that called? <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> My brother-in-law right. plays trombone. I'll I'll send him a text. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Urgent. I need an answer. So let's uh, wrap it up. That's a pretty uh, good show. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Dan. Hey, we did this one early in the morning. I think uh, uh, everybody everybody did a pretty good job, all things considered. Yep, I'm going to have some coffee and take a nap. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you have yourself a great day. To see you. you too, Dan. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Nassim wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. 
Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.